I mean, some people don't like it when I say it this way, but for me, it's like, if you're not willing to engage in poverty issues in your own community, in your own city, then I'm very uh, uninterested in having you represent our church globally. I, I consider it a privilege to get to go and be a part of the teams and the support from a church saying, go and represent us to these people who we love and have relationship with. And for me, if, if you're not willing to engage in what is pretty easy serve and begin to have these questions and wrestle through some of these issues, I'm not all that concerned about your first experience of that being on the other side of the planet where the stakes are raised uh, substantially. Welcome to the Ending Poverty Together podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Shalane. We're here to discuss big questions about poverty in bite-sized ways. Today we have Jeremy Cook joining us from Edmonton, Alberta, where he works as a teaching pastor and oversees the STEPS ministry team at Sherwood Park Alliance Church. Jeremy is married to Heather, and they have two kids, ages seven and six. He's an avid reader on various topics, ranging from leadership to faith to science fiction and other nerd stuff. Jeremy has a heart for local and global communities and continues to seek tangible ways to partner with communities to reach the marginalized. He's had the privilege to be a part of the nine-year partnership between Sherwood Park Alliance and the Food for the Hungry community in Mufumyak, Burundi, and he loves chicken wings. Welcome, Jeremy. <laughs> Welcome, Hey, Jeremy. thanks for having me. This is great. That's great to have you. Jeremy, we're going to jump right in. You know mm -hmm. where we start these podcasts. So would you finish the sentence for us, please? Poverty is... Complex. Okay. That's, that's my answer. And I'm not going to do the thing where then I say a whole bunch of words and then I cheat getting out of your sentence as you say it. So that's my final answer. Poverty <laughs> is complex. Okay. Um, but yeah, I will give you a little more on that. I think part of the, the challenge is... Uh, when we're trying to mobilize a whole bunch of people to engage with, with issues of poverty, um, we don't always have enough time and space to actually be able to let these issues breathe and, and talk through them well. Mm. And so we find ourselves in environments where we're trying to kind of boil it down to the essence and we lose so much of what's actually going on there. Mm. And, and poverty is, it's so complex. And so um, part of what I love with FH is that idea of relationship. Let's walk together as we go through this, because that actually creates the space to be able to deal with these complex issues in a much more mm -hmm. holistic way. And so that's, I think, one of the challenges we face in, in church world is trying to help people understand the complexity of this and yet not overwhelm them to the point mm -hmm. where they just go, I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. And so it's those. And I love uh, even your intro there, Eric, these, these bite size you know, mm -hmm. pieces, we've got to lay those out for people, mm -hmm. uh, but let's lay them out in a way that is actually moving in a holistic way so that all those individual pieces line up and actually take us somewhere uh, pretty tremendous along the journey. So yeah, that's my answer. Complex. Great. Great. Yeah, absolutely. And yes, you are picking up on that. That's an intentional choice on our part. Um, Jeremy, I know that this is the first time that you and I have had the chance to connect. And so I'd love to get to know you better, and I'm sure the listeners would as well. Would you share a bit about yourself and your uh, current role in ministry? Oh, that's great. So uh, I'm a third-generation Alliance Church pastor. So my dad pastored churches. My Both of my grandfathers were Alliance Church pastors, and so here I am uh, as it goes. And so uh, I worked at Shore Park Alliance Church for 12 years now, uh, started out in a number of different kind of youth pastoring roles, and then I spent... 
Oh, five years in our justice and compassion department. So I was a, the pastor of, of that department and where we really tried to focus on uh, both global outreach, these pieces of which our partnership with FH was a significant part in, the, in those years, mm-hmm. um, but then also attaching the local piece to it. And so um, there's a lot of work that we put into to say that these are not two separate things. Global things are not removed from local things. Uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes at churches like ours, there's enough resources and people running around that, that those things get separated out. Mm. Uh, and at its worst, those become competitive. At best, there's sort of how can we sort of stay out of each other's way. And so in, in those five years of working in that, really trying to be a voice for let's bring those things together that local mm. and global ought to engage. As some of the missiologists would say these days, this idea of global, uh, how, do you, how do you work on both of these pieces and how do they actually feed into each other? Mm. And so that was a, a high priority uh, for us in those years. And then for the last couple of years now, uh, working on our executive team as a, I'm called a senior associate pastor and really getting to oversee a whole bunch of different teams uh, in our church. So from hospitality ministry to uh, we have Christian schools. That's a big part of what we do. So getting to do that, been involved with weekend teams and yeah, still get to be involved with all of our kind of missions pieces and our, our local engagement as well. So I get to do lots of stuff, which is which is really fun for me uh, and then get to be on a teaching team as well. Well, that's great. Thank you. Uh, I want to circle back a little bit, Jeremy. You mentioned earlier that um, Sherwood Park Alliance has had this long, rich history with Food mm. for the Hungry. Uh, would you just share a little bit about that? Some of the background with the relationship that your church has had with us mm-hmm. and what what does that look like? Oh, I would love to. I uh I tell lots of people that, that work at FH, like, I'm happy to talk about this part of it all the time because our experience has been so positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was back in 2009, we began a community-to-community partnership with Mafumia in Burundi. I was just fresh on the staff team at that point. I remember I, I uh, had youth kids on a retreat, so we were in Calgary, and then we were coming back, and we made it back for the services so that I could be in the the photo that you take when you sign of the congregation <laughs> there, and so I weaseled my way into all three of those photos, uh, you know, in that <laughs> September of, of uh, 2009, and then as the partnership kind of grew and my roles changed, at some point along the line there, it, it, it changed from me just being, you know, a pastor on the team at a church who engaged with FH to actually being the one who was responsible for kind of bringing that partnership uh, across the Mm. finish line. And so that was really fun to get to be a part of this thing all the way through. And yeah, I mean, for about eight and a half years, we we just journeyed with our friends in Burundi. And so, yeah, many years of doing that, many projects, child sponsorship, obviously a a key part of that. Uh, We were, I think, about as high as 575 a kid sponsored from our, and I would say it this way, from our church, but also our wider community. Um, One of the really unique pieces is that once people started hearing uh, about what we were doing with FH, what we got to be a part of, just people who had no affiliation to our church, just they wanted to join in and be a part of it too. And this really, really cool thing uh, that happened in in those years, I never met anyone kind of in Shore Park and in Edmonton. I never met anyone from anywhere else in Africa. It It was absolutely so bizarre. I would just meet them and they would say, like, I'm from Burundi. And I'd say, you got to be kidding. Like, I've been to Burundi like multiple times. Right. And it was just this amazing way in which God took two points on the earth and said, we're going to link you together here. 
And mm. you're going to have this love and affection and this relationship that neither of you could have ever imagined. And yet mm. the impact was was so tremendous. So uh, that was a big part. And we had teams going quite regularly. So we'd have um, at least three times a year teams were going. And, and when a team would go, there would be multiple parts of it. So there might be like a pastoral training part combined with health medical checks that were going, you know, maybe we were bringing coffee farmer or we were bringing whoever along with us. So we had about 55 or so people kind of go and be on the ground there, mm-hmm. which just really helps kind of speed up, you know, the relationship when, when it was pretty mm-hmm. normal for us to be commissioning teams and sending them out and then coming back and, and, and hearing about that. Um, so it was a, it was a very unique season that way. Um, but we loved it. We loved it. And, uh, obviously, there's tons of church stories about how that impacted us, but also I, I just have to say, um, for me personally, was just so transformative to, to, yeah, do the visits and be there, but then just walk this entire process. And so I'm very thankful mm-hmm. for the opportunity that we had here and for our partnership with yeah. FH. And you're you're beating me to the punch. That was my next question. You know, <laughs> yeah, I've had the privilege of being able to go to the field as well, and and to be able to go and and visit communities partnered with FH. And so I have that kind of like experiential link with what you're talking about there about how amazing those those trips can be. I would love to hear a little bit more about how has how did that partnership impact you on that personal level. Uh, sure. It's easier for me to talk about all the church parts, but I'm happy to talk about we'll some of the there. personal we'll parts. The part. I think, yeah, I think, I think uh, there was one, one day in particular, um, we're, we're, we're doing the drive and, you know, if you've been there and you know kind of how challenging it is to get to some of these places, we're doing the drive and we were going down this let's call it a hill, but it felt a little roller coaster esque right? And, and you're going down and you're just bumping and bumping and bumping. And we were going actually to visit the, the uh, family that we had the privilege of getting to, to walk with our family. And um, there's a, an FH staff person in the vehicle. And as we're sitting there and we're getting bounced around and there's like hours of this, he finally just looks at me and he goes, there is only one reason you would do this that you would fly all this way and you would come all this way and you would go through what we are now experiencing here together <laughs> is only but the love of Christ. Like that's, mm. that's it. There's no other reason that you would do this. You have no reason to have to come and do any of this. Mm. And so, you know, we have that little interaction and then we, um, we get out and we visit, uh, we visit the family and um, it's just so, so awesome, right? You've been praying and you've been doing all those things. So it's, it's a highlight moment for all the teams that went, but uh I remember sitting uh, kind of in, in the little uh, home there talking to the mother of the children that we uh, that we got to sponsor. And I told her about how we were expecting our first child. And, uh, you know, without getting into all the details, that's been a bit of a journey for us in, in our family. And so mm-hmm. there's kind of a lot of excitement around this. And it, and it had been a long haul. And so I, I saved this lady, um, you know, through the interpreter. I just said, you know. We're expecting, we're expecting a son. We're so thrilled, and this is this is going to be great. And she just looked at me and said, "Of course you are. I've been praying for that." And I just sobbed like wow. messy, ugly, snot everywhere <laughs> sob in this Aww. lady's home because I just went like. Man, when we talk about partnership and supporting one another, like that's what it is, right? Mm. It is. And then I also had this other conviction, which was I didn't pray that much for her, 
right? Mm. Like I, I, we would as a family, we'd write and we'd, we'd try to engage in it well, but it was just different. And so I just was both kind of smashed and uplifted in the most incredible way mm. um, by just this few, these few minutes there. Um, and then getting to, you know, on multiple visits, be able to be back and have those kind of continuing conversations and seeing kids grow and all that sort of stuff was amazing. But mm. that, um, that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that was just for, for me, that personal yeah. side of it was, was huge. And then the, and then the part of um, getting to see with my own very eyes, what actually can happen and that transformation that can occur if we have a little bit of intentionality uh, as we kind of walk through this thing. And so, yeah, lots, lots of stories like that, but that's one that, um, I mean, I can remember the space exactly where everyone was sitting. It's just one of those moments that's etched in your mind. Right. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And let's just carry right on to some of the impact that you would say that FH partnership has had with Sherwood Park. Yeah. Uh, the church stories, Jeremy, we want to hear the church yeah, stories now. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of circle back around to that idea of, of it being complex. I mean, our uh, churches like ours and, and, and kind of North America, as we look at it, you know, we, we love the project. We love the here's the thing and we're going to build something and we're going to go do something. And like, I get it. I'm not against any of that. There was a ton of those projects that we did with FH. Um, and I get it as the guy for many years on a Christmas Eve, you know, in between Oh Holy Night, you know, and, and you know, some other Christmas sort of piece, get up with the 3.5 minute time slot to pitch, <laughs> you know, the masses who have come to church for this service on what the offering we receive is going to go mm. towards. Mm. Uh, and Burundi projects were, were that multiple times. And so I'm all for it. Let's have the project. Let's pitch the project. Let's give a as simple an answer as we can in the environment where we are required to have a simple answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other side of this is to say each one of those projects was a part of a larger plan. Mm-hmm. So, so while someone just came to church, you know, and then they're going to go home and have their snacks and open their presents, like they were going to give to whatever it, it was that we put in front of them, mm-hmm. like truthfully. Right. So I had no problem accepting those donations on behalf of our friends in Burundi, no problem whatsoever. But on the back end, should anyone ask, how does this specific project build into the map of actually helping mm-hmm. people move from stuck to thriving? We had that plan. So none of these projects were one off. Here we are into the next thing. They were all a part of a sequential uh, plan to actually help move the community ahead. And so in being able to do that, you had the people who were just happy to, to give to whatever and move on. But you did have people that that were on this journey of, of, of learning about poverty and what does this look like? And they would ask good questions and we had something to say. We had something to, to do and to engage in that way. Um, I mentioned before too, uh, you know, kind of trying to bring these worlds of local engagement and global engagement together. And I think this is such an important part because people cared so much more about what we were doing in Burundi if they had experienced working with poverty issues right in our own backyard. And I think, um, I mean, some people don't like it when I say it this way, but for me, it's like, if you're not willing to engage in poverty issues in your own community, in your own city, then I'm very uh, uninterested in having you represent our church globally. Mm -hmm. 
I, I consider it a privilege to get to go and be a part of the teams and the support from a church saying, go and represent us to these people who we love and have relationship with. And for me, if, if you're not willing to engage in what is pretty easy serve and begin to have these questions and wrestle through some of these issues, I'm not all that concerned about your first experience of that being on the other side of the planet where the stakes are raised uh, substantially. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. for us to be able to kind of engage in both of those pieces, to give people locally an option to be able to engage in some of those types of conversations, then when it came for them to go and be a part of, of the partnership there uh, with Burundi, it was so much better. The impact was so much greater. And every team that came back felt like they had contributed something out of their expertise, mm. right? When, mm. when they asked for uh, help with teachers, well, we sent principals and teachers to actually be able to speak in that. And God could use the gifting that these people had that that wasn't a pastor or a missionary, but I might've been a teacher and there was a spot for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And and farmers for, for our community to say, hey, you, you could go and help and you have something to share and learn with farmers who are there. We sent a team of um, doctors mm -hmm. and nurses, um, all except for the, the doctor that was leading it was on a, a team that I was with uh, actually weren't believers, mm -hmm. but they believed in the mission that we had. Mm -hmm. And so we, we would said, hey, let's let's do this. We want you to see what this looks like for us. It was yeah. an incredible experience, right? But it was all in that ability to um, have relationship, to walk through these things, and we could show people a beginning, a middle, and an end of how we were going to actually engage in this. So the fact that we came to a graduation and it was like, you're not sponsoring that family anymore, even though I've been in the house and mm -hmm. I've wept and I love and like, like that comes to an end. And now yeah. we're moving to this other place. We're not great at that uh, here. <laughs> like we want to kind of continue and we build this dependency. And so that part in of itself, the fact that we actually came to a graduation, we actually had an exit strategy. That was mm. tough for a lot yeah. of people, but it was really important. Yeah. I'm, I'm so curious about that graduation experience. Um, I don't know if you had the opportunity to be there for that. What did that kind of look like? What was the experience of your community it, yeah. like? Um, so, yeah, graduation uh, f was a funny thing, like the realities of this work, mm -hmm. right? There was a lot of uh, violence in the country at the time. And so when it came to that spot, uh, circumstances outside of my control and desire led to the point where I couldn't be there mm -hmm. in person uh, mm -hmm. for that uh, yeah. piece, of which... I will submit to all those who were uh, had leadership at that time to make those decisions, and that and, and that was the piece that was there. Um, in a in a different but similar way, we had in one of um, probably the last time that I was there, we had a very significant kind of gathering and ceremony, and people coming in um, from everywhere to be there. And uh, and yeah, the humbling experience that that is to just think, man, we how they see us. Okay. So I wasn't going to tell you the story, but here it is. And if it's bad, we edit it out. Okay. So, uh, I'm sitting, uh, now we're getting to the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. This is the stuff where we get in trouble. Right. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm, uh, we, we don't know this, but we wake up and there's a day where now all of the FH staff have shirts, right. That are saying kind of like our names and the church name and thing. And we're going to have this big ceremony, which we were not told we were going to have. So, whirlwind you get out to the community i am now wearing some sort of outfit that i was not 
particularly thinking I was going to wear that outfit, but I was given it. I was given, you know, this spear, this whole thing. And I'm sitting in this tent with all the leaders of the community. And we've got hundreds and hundreds of, of people gathered around mm. who have walked like crazy to get there. And I'm sitting there and uh, <laughs> my interpreter says, uh, you need to give a speech now. And uh, <laughs> I said, like now, like to everyone here now, like what am I supposed to say? He, and he goes, you know, you're a pastor, like good stuff, <laughs> encouraging stuff, right? And so I looked at Joseph and I said, Joseph, okay, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to give her what I got with three minutes of, of thinking, okay, about this. <laughs> if I say crazy things, I give you full permission to just interpret them differently and fire them out to the people. All right. I said, Joseph, together, we will do this together. Right. And he's laughing and off we went. Uh, and I'm a tall guy and Joseph is a very short man. And so we had, to, we just had jokes and we had fun and we just got to bless a community. I don't remember what I said and I don't really know what was interpreted, but it seemed like it went well. Um, but just this desire and, and what, celebration there was mm. around this mm -hmm. um, because you know we've we've come and I think sometimes in our efforts to do good we, we forget like for us we want to continue help we want to continue help and, and here's graduation and we're, we're gonna stop helping in that way but on the receiving end of that uh, we're both on receiving ends but in the receiving end in the way that we so traditionally think about here was a community that said like we've grown, we've been transformed. Like, mm -hmm. thank you, bless you, but but we've got enough to go mm -hmm. now. And I love the language of graduation because you know when when kids graduate, it's not like they've got it all figured out. It's not like right. they move out at eighteen or twenty or God help some of you thirty five and they've got <laughs> everything figured out. It's but they have enough. They have enough to move forward right. and you're still there. You still have support, but it, but it changes. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're looking for. And the dignity of a community to say like, thank you. We are forever grateful to you. One of the unique things from Afumi is, it, you know, is one hilltop of many hilltops. And the reason it got selected because it was almost like the little brother of all of these hilltops. Like it was the one most struggling. Mm -hmm. And suddenly now they're in a position where they were able to take what they had been given and, and teach and share and support these other communities, right? We, we gave them the dignity of being able to give. And that is, unless you're on the receiving end of it, you don't understand the impact mm -hmm. that that has. And so while for some of us, truthfully, graduation was almost mm -hmm. a bit sad, mm -hmm. um, for them, it was just like, like, it's amazing. It's amazing. Like, what do we get to do? And so it's this weird kind of juxtaposition and, and yeah. again, different people's uh, understanding of, of uh, how all these issues play out. But uh, we, gave, we gave people the opportunity to give. Mm -hmm. And that is a really, really cool thing. Mm -hmm. And I just appreciate so much, Jeremy, how you're also talking about what you've received Oh, because that is yeah. such a huge part of what we focus on with the work in Food for the Hungry is that mutual transformation, that it isn't just about this one way. It's a very reciprocal, relational interaction with one another. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I'll give you just a real practical one. Uh, the first time I was I was in Burundi, uh, part of, of my part of the team was to help kind of do a, a pastoral training thing. 
And uh, I was pretty green. I was pretty young at this point, and I had a really uh, seasoned uh, kind of FH Global uh, who, who was with me on that uh, trip. And so I got to learn so much from that. Specifically, I remember day one where we went, we gathered up all these uh, pastors. There were seven or so churches in the community. And the reality of they face the same uniqueness that we would face at churches as home, right? Like mm. we've got different denominational backgrounds. We've got different mm. stories. We're all trying to serve people. And like, sometimes we think, oh, this is so different. Like they had a, a lot of the same challenges that we have here. Um, and so I remember the first session, this you know grizzled veteran that I'm with goes and does the first session. And I'm new to this, but even I'm going, I don't think this is working so well. Uh, there was not a lot of engagement. We're pretty, we're pretty stiff. There was not a lot of back and forth on this. And uh, so this guy, he sits down next to me, he goes, I don't know, man, this, is, this isn't going so hot, right? And uh, so we started talking like, okay, well, what, what can we do here? What can we do here to kind of help change? Like, we got to change this, right? You're in this tiny little room, everyone's jammed in there. and. Um, he and his great wisdom in this moment said, I think, I think we need to sing together. I think we need to sing together. So as the start of the next session, we're after a little break, it's like, okay, here we go. And he just said, would someone be willing to lead us in song? Mm-hmm. And it is quiet and nobody moves and everybody's looking. And some of that same posturing that happens in churches in North America was happening in that moment in Burundi. And finally, one young guy stands up and he says, um, at my church, I'm a director of the songs. And so it would be my privilege. And he began to sing. And then people in the room started to sway. And then the voices started to sing. And then they started to clap. And then everyone's on their feet. And this beautiful moment of focusing mm-hmm. on Jesus, on who we are here to serve, on, on what we were here to do, it just broke the room like it just cracked all that tension and all that difficulty and all that angst that was there the next days that we had together after that moment were like completely different people engaged people from multiple churches working on little projects together and how can we serve the community people who you know it's a small little village had never spoken to each other are now working together for the benefit of people that were there Look, there's going to be a time where I'm back in Canada here somewhere. Or I'm speaking some other part of some place in the world and ain't nothing going good. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask somebody to lead a song. Right. <laughs> and so there awesome. are these moments where you just learn and you see the universal reality of what it is to be a follower of Jesus and serve together. And so all these practical things like that was modeled for me by a very young man who took a, a chance to, to get up mm-hmm. in front of his peers. And mm-hmm. so that type of stuff, um, you know, people just came back with those stories. And then as a church for us to look in and understand and to hear these stories and these prayers that were coming back, like it transformed people's engagement of how they saw the world. Yes. But also how they engaged in their mm-hmm. day-to-day life, in their everyday things with their families. And um, mm. I have stories I'm not going to tell you because they're a little too much out there. But like how I would watch some of even the <laughs> FH staff with their own family and the things they would do. Like I've tried some of that stuff with my own kids now because I was like, man, maybe I'm just coming at this from a different mm. angle. Right. And mm. and. Uh, my wife asked me, where did you learn that? Burundi, <laughs> right? Like that's where that parenting tip came from. And it seems to work well with our kids, right? So um, 
those yeah. stories, both on the macro but also the micro mm. level, have just been been so transformative. So appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um, before I ask, before we shift gears and I ask my next question, Jeremy, um, mm-hmm. I say to our listeners, you know, what questions do you have as we're having this conversation? We so love to hear from you after these episodes. Please feel free to reach out by email. Um, We'd love to hear from you and continue the conversation. That address is uh, podcast at fhcanada.org. Please feel free to send us some emails, questions, uh, things that stood out to you. We sure would love to hear from you. Jeremy, like I said, shifting gears a little bit, uh, I understand that you and your church have been influenced in the same way that Food for the Hungry has been by one of our partners, the Chalmers Center. Would you mind speaking a little bit to that mm. relationship and what that's been like? Uh, yeah, I mean, the the helping without mm-hmm. hurting stuff, um, I think we were the we were the first, or we, I think we were the first spot that they kind of came and did the the presentation on, on all of that with us. And Again, it gave us like sort of the Poverty Revolution Boot Camp and all those different types of pieces of kind of this material that, that had come out on this. Just Jeremy, came you're, for... you're dating yourself in this process a little <laughs> yeah. bit because we don't actually call it that anymore. We call yeah, I know. it the ending, ending, ending Poverty, poverty. Together yeah, Boot that's Camp. Right, that's right. So <laughs> ingrained no deep, ingrained, yeah. ingrained deep in me, okay? The yeah, impact right. was so significant that it's yeah. ingrained so deep. You went okay? to boot camp uh, after all. Yeah, of course it's going to be ingrained. It's a boot yeah. camp. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. That's yeah, right. That's right. So we dropped the boot camp. It's just Ending Poverty Together workshop now. I'm sure it's just as good. Absolutely. Of course. I called it boot camp, okay? So we had this experience and for us it just became this baseline uh piece where it was like as you want to engage in these things like you got to look at this you got to wrestle with this material you gotta you gotta start wrapping your brain around thinking about these issues in a way that you hadn't before and so back to my comment on complexity it became a place where there was space to actually be able to ask Hmm. real questions in a way that isn't going to offend someone or like part of our challenge right now in our world is it's like everyone has to have every detail of what they believe on everything fully orbed and completely thought through and mm. no one can make a mistake mm. or they're going to get destroyed or canceled or whatever mm. it is. Right. And so so the opportunity to actually be able to have space where it's like, no, there is no dumb question. And if you are from a place like Shore Park with uh, all that comes with that in our culture, like you probably don't understand these issues very well. Mm. Um, so have some space to talk that through and engage in that in a way with people who are putting this thing on mm. who've heard every dumb question imaginable, right? And with grace kind of walks them along this journey, right? And again, for me, when you work with such a wide uh, range of people that we do at a church like ours is, is to go, Look, at the end of any of these experiences, we're not going to get to the to the end point where someone's fully orbed in their understanding of poverty and what's going to happen. But but the goal is that every single person takes one or two steps in that direction. And that is that faithfulness coming back to that, creating the space for it, having people wrestle through these issues, then have the experiential pieces to actually be able to engage with some of this stuff. It solidifies that learning and it opens the door for new learning. And so for us, you know, that experience, whatever mm-hmm. it may be called, uh, was <laughs> such a key part on the front end. And like, you know, when I look through the book recommendations of um, other people who've been on the podcast, right? Like you see you see some of the, the usual mm-hmm. suspects on there in those books that have been so influential um, because they are. They're such a key place to kind of start and have common language around these things. Yeah. Uh, Probably the the other thing I would just say about that is some of the work that was done 
through them was so helpful because it gave common vocabulary by when we say these words, we actually know what they mean. And this happens in churches all the time, right? You, you use some kind of churchy word and everybody nods, but there's, mm-hmm. you know, a thousand different interpretations of what you actually mean by that word and the, and the baggage there. So, so the work to actually bring us to a, a common language to be able to talk about some of these things was really, really helpful in then being able to, to build off of that for people and a great place to be able to send people wherever their experience level uh, mm-hmm. was. And so we really appreciated um, yeah, all the work that's gone into that stuff where, again, we don't have to be the mm-hmm. experts, but let's leave room for the experts to speak into these things and be willing to uh, take a hard look at how we've handled some of these things in the past. I would just jump in there, Jeremy, and say, if people are listening and they're wondering how their church Mm. can participate in that, we do offer Ending Poverty Together Workshop, which is a slightly revised, updated version of what Jeremy and his church have gone through. And you can reach out to us at FH. We would love to bring that to your church or to your community. Jeremy, I I do want to just uh, circle back to your, all the way back to the introduction, Mm. where we mentioned that you're an avid reader. You've just mentioned looking at the recommended reading list Mm. that other guests have given us. What What will be your additions to that recommended list? Okay, so I thought about this. The book that I, um, that I think kind of really messed with me in this place, um, was The Locust (laughs) Effect, uh, by Gary Haugen. And really, that book focuses specifically on pieces around violence and how that impacts those who are experiencing poverty. And and a tremendous, tremendous book to highlight another part of this that while I feel like because of all that I had done, you know, with FH and all I had learned through FH, I was ready for like the medical stuff and I was ready for the education components and I was very equipped and ready for the spiritual aspects of it and, and, and the community building type of pieces. But that idea of you know, how violence, you know, creates sort of this most significant detrimental impact mm-hmm. to communities and uh, how those who are experiencing poverty are, are man, just they experience violence in a way that we don't understand. And so, yeah, it's great. Like we brought clean water into Burundi, but how about we also make sure that somebody somewhere up upstream doesn't just cut it off like where's the Mm. security aspects of of Mm. that and food security and and how does this work in the communities and i experienced a a lot of what um, is shared in that book uh, around like the privatization of um, security and and uh, like even law enforcement right so so when Mm. i was in burundi you would see uh, armed men walking around quite often almost all of them wearing a a blue uniform right Um, meaning they were private Mm. security and so it would be very difficult to ever see, you know, a local kind of law enforcement or even military members. You'd see them from time to time at places like the airport, but you would not see that out in the community. So when I asked about this specific challenge, they gave the, the ratio of, of it's about seven to one uh, at that time of private security to any type of law enforcement that should be available to the general public. So, so you could have security, you could have some sort of deterrent from violence right. if you could pay for it, which... Mm-hmm obviously is not what we were talking about in in the majority of these communities. And so this is a a global piece uh, that happens all over the place. And it absolutely was true in Burundi. And so those type of of pieces and understanding, you know, how violence impacts those that, um, and and this happened, this is true in our our own cities as well, because it's not just about like access to law enforcement, but it's also about like, how can people engage 
in a justice system that's actually mm-hmm. going to serve them well and doesn't have a, a deck stacked against them from day one, right? And so right. Um, that that book um, just added another layer onto it for me that um, was really helpful. And any sense that I had of I've got some of this figured out, that was really good to smash any of that idea <laughs> and say, hey, there's there's even more to this. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend it as like the first read out of mm. the, the list that are there, you know, helping without hurting, the walking with the poor, you know, those things are great kind of first dives into it. Um, but this one for me was really helpful at, at looking at this from, from another angle. That's great. So appreciate that. And for those maybe who didn't catch it, written by Gary Haugen, CEO of International mm-hmm. Justice, Justice Mission. Yeah. Great resource. Yeah. So mm-hmm. to our listeners, as we are beginning the the descent into our, uh, what do they say on airplanes? We've begun our final descent. We're about to land this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't been <laughs> yeah. on a plane in a long time. I forgot yeah. all that stuff. So remember back in the day when we used to do that? Uh, yeah. A lot. Yeah. Remember we used to do that a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not so much. Um, you know, as we are wrapping up here today, we encourage you to reflect on what's standing out to you from our conversation with Jeremy. Perhaps some of his great stories stood out to you. I know that I feel enlivened listening to those examples of the real life relationship um, mm-hmm. and the firsthand experiences that you've had, Jeremy. It takes me back to the opportunities that I've had to be able to go and and visit communities mm-hmm. around the world and just the richness. Yeah, yeah Shalane, yourself as well. Um, just the richness that comes mm-hmm. with that experience. And yeah, I just encourage churches and, and businesses and anyone who's curious about mm. what we've talked about today to look into it. It's such a rich experience. I know, Shalane, that you had another question for Jeremy. Well, yeah, Jeremy, just in wrapping up, I'm thinking specifically of pastors who may Mm. want to talk further with you about what the benefits of partnering with Food for the Hungry have been. Um, I see you nodding. Our listeners won't see that. Uh, So appreciate that you're open to that. What's the best way for someone to be in touch with you if they want to connect about that? Yeah, love to do that. Happy uh, to do that uh, and, and walk through that. Uh, the best way probably is just to, to email me. So uh, jeremy.cook at spac.ca, uh, S-P-A-C.ca. I went on a sabbatical just before Christmas until about Easter. And so anyways, I was scheduled to go. Then I didn't go and the world was crazy and all this sort of stuff. But in part of going, I was like off all social media and all the pieces and very truthfully, I have never gone back yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm not to say never, never say never. But even as a relatively uh, young guy engaging in the world as now, this is a topic for another day. But uh, <laughs> what, there that is you're relatively uh, young. Or? Well, yeah, that uh, <laughs> or the fact that, you know, current thinking around social media and all those things. But yeah, email is, is the best way and happy to talk to anyone who's, who's wondering what this looks like and how this engaged with their with their church. And I would simply say it, it's not the easiest thing you're going to do. It's mm-hmm. not the least expensive thing you're going to do, not just dollars and cents, but time and energy and and Mm -hmm. communication currency and all those things. But it may be one of the most significant things you will do. And I I am so thankful to have had the opportunity to be a part of this. And so anybody who has those questions, I'd love to have a conversation with them. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Jeremy. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the faithfulness of your church 
and um, yeah, just the the beautiful partnership that we have been able to have and that we continue to have in multiple different ways. So really appreciate your time being here today. Thank you and look forward to connecting again in the future. Oh, that's great. Thanks for having me. To explore what your next steps could be or find out more about Sherwood Park Alliance Church, partnerships with Food for the Hungry, and what other Canadians are doing about poverty, start by checking out fhcanada.org resources.